brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Coming. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. They met in secret They wait in the balance Everything you should know So they saw you In the alley With all that firepower You took him out with machine gun fire. You disrupted their meeting. You froze their bank accounts and kept it a secret. And now, after the sneak attack, you're declaring victory.
Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Porthole to Justice, the window to the truth. This is your host, Amelia Duran, and I have a very special show planned. Um, the author of Pawns of Change is joining me today. He um, he attempts to probe the progressive movement, which currently is synonymous with the Democratic Party and is a pawn of a or a powerful chess piece used appropriately, the progressive movement in America um, has used the black community as a pawn on the chessboard of politics and, and adva- to advance its own gen- agenda, um, fundamentally change in America. And um, <clears throat> he, he feels this is deliberate and malicious. I am, uh, my guest today is Pastor Stephen Brody uh, here in Dallas, and I'm going to go ahead and give him a call so he can join. Stand by. Please feel free to join the live chat. Okay. All right. Uh oh. So looking forward to this. This book sounds awesome. The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beep. Let's see. Okay. We will try again. I know he's standing by. Let's see. No, okay. Hello, Pastor Stephen Brody. <laughs> Welcome to the Portal to Justice. Wow, well, it's good to be with you. Yeah, well, thank, thank you for coming on the show. I, I just shared with the audience about uh, your book, Pawns of Change. And um, you have a Bible fellowship here in Dallas, Texas, right? That's right. I'm the senior pastor of the Fair Park Bible Fellowship. And I've been involved in the uh, conservative patriot movement since 1979. And I'm old at this game. (laughs) Well, you're still in the game, obviously. Yeah, we have no other choice. There is an authentic genuine threat that's facing our nation and for us to be um, silently observing on the sidelines is a tragedy a tragedy that needs to be addressed well we're, we we are definitely not silently on the sidelines over here <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're in the fray that we're all in this thing together and uh, we're, we're in a struggle to rescue our republic. And there's an authentic threat that's facing our nation. And I'm glad you are on the air and that you're addressing your followers with truth and with the uh, urgency facing. Um, and so uh, it's a privilege for me to be on uh, with you as you uh, take on the stewardship responsibility of representing truth and speaking truth to power. 
Thank you. Thank you. I work very hard um, and, you know, I try to do, to do my very best to represent the truth to my, to the best of my abilities. It, it's, it, you know, it makes me feel closer to God. So, amen. Your book, it sounds fabulous. Can you share with us a little bit more? Uh, yes. Um, I released this book this year uh, in February. It's titled Pawns of Change. The Exploitation of Black Americans by the Progressive Movement. Uh, what I'm attempting to do is to enter into a conversation with the community to give them a heads up, if you will, as to what's going on in our community relative to the progressive movement and how it has been used as a uh, means by which to disconnect us as a community from our Judeo-Christian heritage and from our moral compass and have connected us to a philosophy or an idea that is um, attempting to undermine our Constitution, usurp our liberties, and use poor people, black community, poor Hispanics and poor white people, as a means by which to bludgeon the community and pressure the community into changing, or the nation into changing, into a socialistic paradigm. So my book as an open and honest conversation. We're taking a look at where we are as a community, how it is that we're in the mess that we're in after 54 years of signing the civil rights legislation back in 1964 and still not getting uh, our community out of the mess that we're in. Nothing has changed because we, by and large, have been uh, bamboozled and duped and deceived into believing the lies of the left. Mm -hmm. And it has uh, exploited us for our votes and have used us as a means by which to advance their agenda to the negation of what's best for our community. And we have been blinded by the, their rhetoric and by their definitions and by their messaging into our community. It's time for us to wake up, take another look, at what's going on, discern it from a spiritual point of view, and then make the right adjustments against it so that our community might survive in the 21st century. Well, I definitely agree with you, and I, I definitely believe that we have a whole generation that's very uninformed and, um, you know, contrived poverty that has made them more vulnerable uh, to the corruption. And, um, you know, I, I spoke with you earlier about, you know, how, you know, the, these, when, when, when families become, uh, when you become a target or in, and you are a, a, you are a part of contrived poverty, you automatically become vulnerable to things like, uh, human trafficking. And, um, I'm noticing more and more the blatant and boldness violation of our constitutional rights. Oh, absolutely. I think we're living in a time in which the left and the progressive movement are emboldened by the fact that most Americans are not paying attention and that uh, they are, and those who are, have a sense of being overwhelmed by what is happening to the extent that we are paralyzed to do anything about it. And I think they have been attempting to try to take advantage of that, and that's what we're seeing in the public square. <clears throat> and a lot of this begins in what is called political correctness. 
political correctness has redefined for us our priorities, have made a mess out of our political, out of the, within the political arena, and have uh, sort of changed the social mores of our nation. We have now same-sex marriage. We have gender neutrality. We have abortion on demand. We have embryonic stem cell research where they're doing research with stem cells on dead babies. We're selling dead baby parts in the marketplace for profit. And Americans are so anesthetized and so shocked by the level of immorality and evil that's being permeated and perpetrated upon our nation that we're stunned into silence. And we have been bludgeoned and battered with political correctness that we're afraid to say anything about it. Well, I I absolutely agree with you. And I think probably the most ignorant thing that we've done is politicize private parts, but that's my own personal (laughs) opinion. (laughs) We, we have politicized people's private parts. That's pretty bad. Well, uh, we have a redefinition of our morals. Uh, We've moved away from the Judeo-Christian ethics that has undergirded our nation and is responsible for the kind of success that we enjoy as a nation. America is great because of the principles that we subscribe to uh, at the founding of this nation. And that was a Judeo-Christian ethic formulated and framed by the the Holy Bible. Uh, Most people don't know that almost um, 33 or 40 percent of the Constitution of the United States was lifted from the book of Leviticus. Our whole system is based upon a biblical definition of government. Uh, the separation of powers is, is right from the book of Le- Leviticus. And uh, the success that we enjoy as becoming one of the greatest nation ever on this planet has been because we subscribe to and submitted to those principles. It has been here in recent years, and when I say recent, in the last 70 to 80 years, that we have been pushing aside those principles to the embracement of human secularism. And human secularism is an anti-God system with ideas that have been formulated out of Fabianism, Darwinism, Marxism, Communism, and Socialism. And all those isms are ideologies or philosophies that have been developed by men who were God-haters. It was Karl Marx who said, my mission in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. It was, it was Joseph Stalin that says, America is a healthy body and its strength is in its patriotism, its spiritual life, and its morality. If we can undermine them in those three areas, America will collapse from within. It was Antonio Grimsey, who was a uh, Italian communist philosopher who said America will not be defeated with guns or with a a, a military attack, but we can defeat America through infiltration. And infiltration, he was talking about all of the major institutions that influence our nation today. Let's just uh, identify those those institutions right now, and I can guarantee you that you would agree with me that they have been uh, usurped and embracing fully a socialistic ideology. First is academia, our universities, our colleges, our junior colleges, and our high schools and junior high schools are all indoctrination centers 
to the socialist paradigm. Corporations and businesses have sold out to political correctness and the embracement of socialism in America. Our major media, we call it the left-leaning media because it's in the hip pocket of the progressive movement and it communicates a message that is anti-American and anti-constitutional. Government, our government right now, is a government that is implanted with deep state uh, embedded socialists who are moving our country further and further away from its constitutional roots and are fighting to uh, uh, substitute our liberties with tyranny. That's the government. And the last two institutions, Amelia, is the family and the church. And I'm sad to tell you, that the church has capitulated to political correctness and the family is disintegrating right before our eyes. In the black community, almost 80% of all families are single parent household. I don't know what the number is in the white community, but I bet you it is equally as despicable as that. And as the family goes, so goes the nation. And a single parent household with a woman leading it is a prescription for poverty. And take a look at my community. The majority of my community is in poverty because we have single parent household. Male leadership is on the decline. Men are now in in every facet of our community and in our culture in America are opting for uh, gender neutrality. What kind of nonsense is that? That is right out of the play script of the Communist Manifesto. It is right out of the play script of the progressive movement in America. And too many of us are silent and sitting on the sideline, complaining and throwing rocks at our TV instead of getting out, getting involved, pushing back to the rampart patriots. Let's rescue this republic. I agree. Awesome. You know, I... I personally feel that you know communism is 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 absolutely contrary to what America was founded on which is the United States Constitution. And I know, you know, I've been following this fight for many years. Um 7 years to be exact and um I know that the war on the families has been at the front door of the black community for for a very long time and the removal of the fathers in the household and um and now we are all being um targeted uh for poverty I don't think that they they want us to believe that they're to, that they're that it's just happening to this this race or this race or that race because they want us to be divided. So they create this illusion. Sadly, that's not the truth. That's not the case. Uh, they're contriving poverty intentionally. And, and when, wherever you have contrived poverty, you have people that become vulnerable to human trafficking. And I, I, I personally, Pastor, struggle myself because I ask God, you know, why I look outside and it's so beautiful and there's so much and, and, why this government is anti-human pastor and I, I ask myself what is the purpose of life if we are not free in our own corporal temples or if you if you will to pursue happiness 
and the purpose of life, our, our own, our own, um, you know, dreams if in, and happiness and, and to have the family unit. It, it just seems like there, you know, there is absolutely a war, a war and it's on our children. It's on our children and it's on our families. And it's very hard for me. I, I struggle with it daily. Well, I think all of us are, are sort of amazed at what's happening here. But I think those of us who are uh, Christians, Bible-believing Christians, there is an explanation. And the Bible explains what we're seeing is a manifestation of what took place back in the garden. It is sin. And when we are disconnected from God and man lives as if there is no God, then right and wrong is determined by him, by him or by uh, man himself. Uh, that is what the secularists are pushing into the culture. They're pushing into the culture that the ultimate uh, arbiter of right and wrong is mankind. And that there is really no right and there's really no wrong. It's just consensus. Well, the Bible defines that differently. And because we're not rightly connected with God, based upon his definitions given to us within the Holy Word, then we see the kind of malaise and the kind of confusion that is taking place in our culture and in the world. This is not exclusive to America. It is man's inhumanity to man across this globe. And so the only explanation is that which is given within Scripture. Men are totally depraved. We're in sin. And the answer to sin was, was given to us some 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross and opened the door for us to enter back into a relationship with him, that is God, through the definitions he provided for us within the word. We cannot define that. God defines that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think the best explanation, and I know it's frustrating to watch all of this, but let, may I just say to you, God has come to rescue us out of it and to give us liberty in our relationship with him. And to maintain those liberties, God has created for us institutions that he defines for us and how those institutions should work. God created government. He created government, and he created government for the purpose of securing our liberty and our freedoms. But the threat of expanding government and government uh, pushing itself into our choices and into decisions that ought to be ours simply occurs because we have not been vigilant or diligent to protect our liberties. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said that an educated citizenry is the best defense against tyranny. Mm -hmm. The best defense against tyranny. Mark Levin says it differently in his book uh, titled uh, Liberty and Tyranny. He says this, and I quote this, and I, and I, I keep it in my mind because I believe he's right. He says the remedy to tyranny is conservatism precisely because its principles are the founding principles that requires of us to go back and take a look at those founding principles we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal we subscribe to the law of nature and of nature's God and that is the God of, of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the creator of the universe. And to the degree that we can rightly connect to his word and to his definitions is to the extent that we have the kind of peace and the kind of uh, liberty 
and freedom that we once enjoyed in this nation that we don't have today. We don't have it today because we have been caught up, Amelia, in pursuing the American dream. We want to be happy. And happiness defined by the world takes us away from God and his definition of happiness. You see, there's two ways to look at happiness. You can look at it in terms of what the world offers for happiness, which is temporal at best. And that which it offers are things, shiny objects. And those things can only give us joy for a season. And then it gets old and the sheen gets dull and we look for something else to make us happy. But in ter- but the eternal happiness and bliss that we get when we're in a right relationship with God that helps us to know who we are, our worth and our value and our dignity as human beings is found not in how much I have or don't have, but rather my dignity and my worth and value as a human being is in the fact that I am made in the image of God. Theologians call it the imago Dei, the image of God. My worth is not how much money I got in my pocket or how big my car is or if I got a three-week vacation and a six-figure income and I can go to the Super Bowl every year because I can pay for the ticket, I'm happy. No, that doesn't make you happy. That doesn't make you happy. Happiness is knowing that I am somebody made in the image of my creator who defines for me purpose in life. God defines purpose. And purpose is not running behind the American dream. Do you know the American dream doesn't work over in uh, 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 Africa? It doesn't work over there. In a third world nation that can barely get water, you can talk about the American dream all you want. It doesn't mean anything to them. They're just trying to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to start looking at things from a divine perspective instead of from the American dream. The American dream has blinded us, Amelia. It has stopped the Americans from recognizing that there is an evil, tyrannical oligarchy who is attempting to move this country into a global uh, government, a new world order. And they're very close to making it happen. Unless we, the people who ordain this government, stand up and push back against what is attempted to be foisted and Push down our throats. We're going to lose today. I said back when I ran for office right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I read, ran for Congress against Eddie Bernice Johnson in the 30th district. I quoted Thomas Jefferson. And Thomas Jefferson said this. He said, in order to secure these rights, government has been established. But when government becomes destructive to that end, to what end? To the security that we have in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When they become destructive to that end, it is the right of the governed to alter or abolish it. What we haven't done is taken up our stewardship responsibility to push back against this government that is working against the Constitution, undermining the Constitution. And ripping and shredding our liberties every day by expanding government, health care, social security, Medicaid, defining for us whether we can have a garden in our backyard, what kind of toilets do we need to have in our house, and if we can use a light bulb versus a, a, a fluorescent light. 
They're defining all that stuff for us. Whether we can send our kids to a public school or keep them home and homeschool them, they are getting involved in every aspect of our lives. But we have not taken up our stewardship responsibility to push back against them and hold them to account. For we are the ones who ordain this government. Mm-hmm. We together. And we can take it out of here. Debbie, I, I believe that's what we need to do. And I personally am pushing back. You know, however, I find that, you know, we, we've lost, in my experience, we've lost, a lot of men have abandoned the post of husbandry. And when I say, when I say husbandry, I don't mean, um, I mean, husband, husbandry to the community, husband, husbandry to, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your town or your just, our obligations to, um, you know, strengthen the family and, and, uh, just in general. And I'm seeing a lot of these systems of the flesh, you know, uh, the new world order is promoting the flesh trade globally. And they're trying to enslave the people and the people are so misinformed that they they don't even realize what is happening around them, and they're compl- and, and you know unknowingly they're complicit with these systems of the flesh, and they're warring on our children, our most precious resource resource, the innocence. Oh yes, uh, in fact they're they're in the crosshairs. Uh, they are in the crosshairs because if you can indoctrinate the children. You can change a whole generation if you get them to believe in government. And, and if we just take a look, just take a look out there and you'll see that our kids are believing that socialism is a better answer to the system that we have in America today because they have bought the lie of the left. And the left has, has uh, cast dispersion and bad uh, information on our economic system, uh, on competition on uh, development, training and development. And, and they've just sort of indoctrinated our kids into believing that the government is the answer to their problems. And uh, somehow we've got to stand up and push back against that indoctrination. That means we've got to get involved in the education process. We need to put patriots and constitutionalists on our school boards. We've got to stop voting in the socialists who are changing our curriculum hiring them to represent us down in Austin and as senators and representatives and and so forth and so on. We're voting these people in and they're destroying us mm-hmm. because we're not paying attention. We're not vetting them and they've learned to, to lie to us and say that there's something that they're not. And we're not being diligent about our stewardship responsibility to make sure that we have a representative in Austin and in Washington, D.C., and in the city where we live, that represents our values and will uphold their oath to the Constitution mm-hmm. to protect it against foreign and domestic enemies. And right now, the biggest threat we face is from domestic enemies, those embedded deep staters, the shadow government that is moving our country closer and closer to the New World Order. And the question is, what's going to happen if we don't wake up? Thomas Jefferson addressed that. 
in uh, the Declaration of Independence. You remember uh, when he said that, uh, that, that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, Jefferson says this, all experience has shewed that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the form to which they are accustomed. What he says is that we'll, we'll just sit by as long as I can see if the Cowboys is going to win this weekend or if the Rangers is going to, the, uh, to the, uh, the playoffs or if my basketball team is doing well or if I got a nice fat check and I got a raise on my job I can take a three-week vacation and my car's running and got gas in it. I don't care what happens in Washington, D.C. as long as I've got my check mm-hmm. until it's too late to do anything about it. You, you've heard the illustration of the frog in the pot. Oh, yeah. Stay in the pot will not jump out of the pot if the heat is turned up gradually. And by the time he realizes that it's too hot for him to survive, it's too stinking late. I don't happen to believe it's too late right now. I think there's time for us to jump out of the pot and to stop this malaise from taking place. But we don't. Right. We don't have a lot of time. We're uh, fighting foreign agents that are using instruments of state for corruption and gain. Their own greed, corruption, and gain. And what do we say to the listeners, the people tuning in? What can they do? Just the everyday person that that wants to do something, you know, but may not have a lot of resources available to them. What would What would you be your advice to those people? Well, I think you need to you need to educate yourself. I think uh, there's three things. Uh, I started a group uh, back in 2008 called the National Black Pro Life Coalition, where a coalition of black pro lifers from around the country have come together to try to stop uh, the abortion rate in the black community. And by the way, more black women have more abortions than any other people group in America, and they only constitute black. Childbearing age women constitute about, oh, I guess, four percent, four to six percent of the black population, and black people only work, represent about twelve percent of the total population in America. And black women have about thirty-eight to forty percent of all abortions in America. And so we formed a group, and we put as our mission uh, to inform, educate, and activate the community. Information asks and answers the question, what in earth is going on? What's going on? Most people are oblivious to the extent to which our liberties are about to disappear. They just don't know. And so we need to have an information campaign. That's part of what you're doing as you're putting out information about the threat that we're facing and what is the answer to that threat. The answer to that threat is knowledge of the Constitution. Now, the second thing is education. Education asks and answers the question, why on earth is this happening? And what will happen is that you will find that there are are groups and philosophies and uh, ideologies that are in the public sphere that are moving against our Constitution. You need to know who they are, what the philosophies are, and how those philosophies are threatening the liberties that I have. Information 
what's going on, education, why this is happening, and then activation. Activation cannot happen without information and education. You got to know why you need to be activated. And part of the educational process and the informational process is that we've got to reorient ourselves to the founding documents that undergird our liberties and our freedoms. Reintroduce yourself to the Constitution. Find out how the government is really limited. You see, America was founded on a religious-based heritage of liberty under law. And the Constitution was written to limit government, not the people. You see, that's the kind of thinking that needs to happen in the public square. It's not there now. But you can only get that kind of thinking when you are reorienting, recalibrating your spiritual and political equilibrium through the Bible and through the Constitution. That needs to happen. It just simply needs to happen. And by the way, it was Samuel Adams who says it doesn't take a majority to win, but rather an irate minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the hearts of men. Amelia, that's what you're doing with this radio broadcast. You ought to be going over the Constitution with your listeners, rallying them to the rampart to push back against this evil that is permeating and penetrating every facet and every dimension of our existence as American citizens, that we cannot sit quietly and allow this liberty that God has to us to be snatched away from us by a bunch of satanic worshipers, devil worshipers who sit at the top of the pyramid, who are pedophilia, uh, uh, child abusers, God haters, and haters of this liberty that you and I have. They're haters of life. They're haters of humanity, and they are a death cult. And with all due respect, um, you know... I, I, I try to do the best job that I can, Pastor, and thank you so much for your kind words. Uh, this charge weighs very heavy on my heart, and I, I believe that, you know, I God has put this on my heart, and I, you know, I, I take it gladly. You know, the children don't have a voice, and every day I'm, I'm on the air, I'm on the radio, and I'm talking about, you know, the corruption in the courts and um, in our in our systems of government. Um, and I I will I'm going to continue the good fight as long as I can. <laughs> right. Well, I, I would encourage you to reintroduce and reorient your listeners to the Constitution. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, uh, educate them on issues like uh, jury nullification. That's how we can beat judges. Activists, activist judges, mm-hmm. through jury nullification, we can nullify their decisions and and nullify unconstitutional acts. We can do that. Introduce them to the doctrine of lesser magistrate, where the power of the sheriff and other magistrates who are elected by us can stop government tyranny right in our state if they would take on their stewardship responsibility to do that. And they will do that if they know they have the support of we, the people, behind them. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we can do. We don't have to sit back like a frog. There's so much we can do, but we're ignorant of the fact. And we're not informed to the degree that we should be, nor educated. But that's why programs like yours must be intentional. 
It's not about getting on here struggling to find a con content or struggling to find information. It's too much out there. If you don't do anything more than count the articles that are in the Constitution, how many amendments are there? Why do we have a Bill of Rights? How did it come into existence? What is your responsibility to, to, to hold these rights? I think it was uh, Benjamin Franklin that said to the woman as they came out of the Constitutional Convention, said, what have you given us, sir? He says, a republic, if you can keep it, if you can keep it, that means you have a stewardship responsibility to hold the government to the definition of the Constitution. Right now, the government is far outside of the limitations of the Constitution. Let me give you an example. And I think most of your listeners would agree. This whole issue of Obamacare, it went before the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled that Obamacare was legal and they made it a law. They made it a law. At that time, Americans should have hit the streets. The House of Congress should have stood up. The House of Senate and the House of Representatives should have stood up. And the executive branch should have stood up and said, the Supreme Court has gone beyond the limitations specified to it within the Constitution. That laws are not made in the courthouse. They are made in the House of Congress with Senate, with the Senate and the House of Representatives. That's where laws are made, not in the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court made Obamacare a law that was illegal, is illegal today. And nobody has said anything but this black preacher sitting down in the ghettos of southeast Dallas screaming loud and nobody's going to pay attention. A black conservative is the, is the most heinous thing that the media could ever want to deal with. So they just ignore us. And so I stand up as a black preacher and I can't get my conservative friends to recognize that we can stop what the Supreme Court did through nullification. We can nullify them. Oh, you're, you're too radical, Pastor Broden. You're too radical. Well, you, you're just too far out on the, on the right, on the lunatic fringe. I'm not on the lunatic fringe. I'm constitutional. And I know I am. The Supreme Court had no right to make Obamacare a law. The Supreme Court had no right to make same-sex marriage legal in America. They don't have that jurisdiction. Do you know there's not a law out of the House of Congress that makes same-sex marriage legal? The only reason why it's legal now is because the Supreme Court said it is. Not because we have legislated or made policy because the Supreme Court, well, the Supreme Court doesn't have that responsibility. Go and read it. Read it in the Constitution. That which is defined by the Constitution of the Supreme Court is not making law. It is the second branch of government that has that right. In fact, it's the first branch, the House of Congress. The second branch is the executive office. And the weakest branch is the Supreme Court. That's the weakest branch. The strongest one is, is the House and the Senate. And they have not made any law stating that same-sex marriage is legal or that we as Americans have to buy health insurance. Nowhere. 
All of that comes out of the Supreme Court, the weakest branch of the office, of, of, this, of our branches, three branches. And they can be impeached for insubordination or bad conduct. And the House and the Senate can impeach them and the President can impeach them. But we sit and we believe, well, they're appointed for life. They're not appointed for life. They're not. If they have misconduct, bad behavior, they can be impeached. If they are unconstitutional in their rulings, we can impeach them. But most people don't know that because they don't open up this thing here called the Constitution. And they don't know the articles. And you need to know all the articles, men and women. And you need to know all of the amendments to the Bill of Rights because it is our weapon against expanding government. Not only that, we can vote them out of office. We have elections coming up. And um, I, my, I myself, Pastor, am a transplant from Los Angeles, California, born and raised. I'm a California girl. And I moved here. Yes, you know you're very brave, and I don't have any friends here yet. But I commend your your platform as well. And I, you know, you can consider me a friend. (laughs) Um, It's it's just. I I'm very I, I I love it here in Texas. I'm very happy to be here in the Republic of Texas, and I'm very proud of a lot of the. I, I see so much of the Texas people standing up against uh, and speaking out against these uh, the, the just this mal- egregious egregious malicious conduct by people's foreign agents of the state in our government, um, <laughs> and. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I. I don't like boxes. Um. I don't like putting God in a box either. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit outside the box. I'm an outside the box thinker, and I'm actually an artist. And um. You know, God put this on my heart. The children don't have a voice, and um. I'm hoping that you know, m- making connections with people like yourself, that we will be able to move the mountains necessary to get these people out of office and vote them out. Well, we, do, we need to do that, but here, it, it requires of us to be educated. I, I, because everyone I know believes that all of the uh, senators are knuckleheads except for theirs. And all of the representatives in the House of Representatives are no good except for theirs. And they keep the same guy going back every year. And the same guy is the one who's selling us out every year. Because we're not enforced, not educated. And so we just, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that programs like yours and other liberty minded uh, broadcasts and other platforms on the social media are putting out information. Putting out information. This is not a time to bellyache and to whine about what's going on as much as it is to inform and educate our people, your listeners. And, and those who are tuning in and following you on Facebook and, twi- and following you on Twitter, that they're getting the kind of data that will help them to be educated and informed so that their activation can be specific, target, and have results that are favorable for the rescue of our republic. My grandchildren are in trouble. 
I have eight grandkids, the oldest being five. The oldest one is five. And my five-year-old asked his mother, my grandson asked his mother the other day, and I knew right then that we had a hard path before us. He said, Mom, is it okay for a man to kiss another man? Why is it that my five-year-old grandson has to ask a question like that? Because the media, academia, businesses and corporations, the government, the church, and the family are pushing the progressive agenda down their throats and indoctrinating our children into an immoral anti-God philosophy. That's what's happening. So I got to work hard to try to save my five-year-old grandson. And my little five-year-old, I got three uh, little girls uh, that are granddaughters. And then I have uh, uh, four or five boys. And all of them, that sounds like a cat. <laughs> That's my tiny tiger, Kofi. Okay. He sometimes likes to co-host. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm having, and all listen, all of us are having to to deal with that, uh, with our children and our grandchildren and our our nephews and our nieces. We're going to have to deal with that because they're going to ask us questions about that. And here's the, here's the ugly truth, Amelia. There's not many of us who believe in the Judeo-Christian frame anymore. And as our kids go off to these indoctrination centers called public schools, one day our grandson is going to come home and he's going to be 12, 10, 8 years old. He says, Granddad, you're the only one that says same-sex marriage is wrong. Granddad, you're the only one that says gender neutrality is wrong. My principal says it's okay. My teacher says it's okay. The president says it's okay. The vice president says it's okay. The senator, the governor, the House of Representatives, the policeman, the doctor, the lawyer, all of them say it's okay. You're the only one that says it's not okay, granddad. You're the bigot. Granddaddy, grandmama, you're the bigot. That's what we're facing, Amelia. And I know if you got anybody listening to you at all, they know that what I'm saying is right. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. If we don't fight now for our children and grandchildren, then we've got to stand before God one day and give an account that when the house was burning, why didn't you pick up a bucket? Why didn't you try to put some water on it? Instead of standing by cheering for the Dallas stinking cowboys while America is going to hell in a handbasket. I think a lot of people agree with you. A lot of people uh, agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly. You know, I often will use the analogy that, you know, I know my grandparents have sex, but I don't want them to have a parade and, and you know, parade it down the main street. <laughs> um, I, you know, I... I don't know. I often wonder if it was better when 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 these types of issues were in the closet. Well, I mean, it, it, sin is sin. Sin is sin. And uh, the thing is, is that human secularism and situation ethics and relativism has contributed to a kind of of duplicity. 
in our culture. The Bible says it this way. In the last days, wrong will become right and right will become wrong. Do you see that? Yeah. That that right will become wrong and wrong will become right. And that's precisely where we are at this time. Absolutely. And I think it was Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, and the wrath of God shall be revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In unrighteousness. They suppress the truth. And they do it by beating us up with political correctness, forcing us into silence. When we step into the marketplace, they shout us down. They cut us off. Listen, there is a war against the the conservative voice on YouTube. There's a war against the conservative voice on Facebook, Google, Twitter. They're, They're cutting our voice off. They're cutting us off. And they are putting... And filtering only one voice into the marketplace. That is the progressive liberal agenda. And that's why most Americans are hesitating about their constitutional rights. Because they don't want to be politically incorrect. Isn't that crazy? But that's precisely what's happening. That's what's happening. I see children, you know... I see children being sexualized. I see um, the politicization of private parts. I see. I see so much. Um, it, it's just. It's really discouraging, discouraging, and frustrating. And you know, I often wonder. You know, what is the solution? And do you think we will have to go to war? I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there. We're close. I don't think we're there. There's still time for us to exercise our rights as defined for us within the Constitution. Uh, Matthew Spaulding has a book. It's titled, uh, We Still Hold These Truths. And I recommend that book to anyone who is a reader. Uh, And I think all of us should read. The Bible, uh, when I was in seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary, it says that if you read, you lead. If you don't, you won't. And too many of us are following because we don't know. But Matthew Spaulding says this, and I quote him. He says this, Our revolution was about the idea upon which a new nation was to be established. Permanent truths applicable to all men and all times. As Abraham Lincoln later said, proclaimed that principle rather than will would be the ultimate grounds of government principle rather than will. We need to stand on the founding principles. We need to reorient ourselves to those principles. Those principles, the laws of nature and of nature's God, established by our founding fathers, have framed for us a system that is unequal in this planet because it was founded on the Judeo-Christian principles, founded in the word of God and it's time for us to stand no I don't think we're at the point that's what I told WFAA Channel 8 when they interviewed me but they they took me out of context and said that I was advocating armed revolution I I wasn't advocating armed revolution I was advocating an alteration or a revolution at the ballot box Mm -hmm. Alexander Hamilton 
contended in Federalist 78, number 78, that there is no position which depends on clearer principles than that every act of delegated authority, contrary to the tenor of the commission under which it is exercised, is void. Let me explain that. What Hamilton was saying there was that any decision coming out of Washington, D.C., that is contrary to the voice of the Constitution of this great land is void before it crosses over the Potomac River. Before it crosses the, the state line in here in Texas, it ought to be voided. And our governor and lieutenant governor and our House of Representatives and our senators need to stand up and push back against all unconstitutional acts coming out of Washington, D.C., nullify them as void and of no application in the state of Texas. That includes Obamacare. That includes same-sex marriage. That includes abortion on demand. The federal government does not tell Texas what to do. Texas tells the federal government what to do. Absolutely. You know, um, we have about we have a few more minutes left in the hour, and I wanted I wanted to know if you could share with the audience, um, you know, your website and where where your uh, fellowship is, uh, if people want to look into participating more in your Bible study. Well, certainly, I I, I pastor uh, the Fair Park Bible Fellowship Church. Fair Park. That's two words. Fair Park, like the Fair Park park over in uh, the Fair Park area. Fair Park Bible Fellowship. We're located at 1321 Rowan Avenue, R-O-W-A-N Avenue, Rowan Avenue in Dallas, Texas, 75223. We meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock for Bible study, and I have my sermon is at, uh, our worship service begins at 11, and we're generally out of the church by one o'clock so anyone is welcome to come black white asian hispanic you know all of them come anybody can come we're a small congregation we haven't always been small but when i ran as a republican as a congressman it uh satan attacked me and and uh, a lot of people got scared and left but uh, i think it's not about numbers as i said here's what vladimir lennon said he says an organized minority will beat a disorganized majority every time. And the problem with the patriot movement in America is we're disorganized. And an organized minority, the LGBT community, and the progressive movement, socialists, are running the day because we're not organized. We need to get organized. Mm-hmm. And then my uh, best way to find me is on Facebook. That we Stephen Broden, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Stephen, not Stephen. The P-H in the middle of my name makes an F sound. S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Stephen Broden, B-R-O-D-E-N. Facebook. Friend me on Facebook and uh, follow me. And then to find my book, uh, Pawns of Change, you'll find it at throughpeople.com. Amelia, you need to put that up uh, uh, for those who are following. Put that up so they can go to find and buy my book online. Through people, that's T H R U G H people.com. And you can purchase the book there. Or come to my church and I can sell you a copy there. 
Awesome. I, you know, and um, we have a mutual friend, Lazaro Ensnero, and I may be one of those people coming in to visit very soon. <laughs> well, when you come, come prepared to, to say a word. I want, I want you to at least introduce my congregation to your radio program and what you're doing. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shy. <laughs> Yeah, that's why you got a radio program. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a little bit of a, a, a I am an extrovert introvert, if you will. So, um, but yes, I, I, I thank you for the invitation. And um, Pastor, thank you so much for coming on to my platform. Um, you're a wonderful speaker. And I, I your mission is, is amazing. And uh, your message is, I, I'm so glad that you were here today to share the message. Um, with all of my listeners, and I'd like to invite you back on again um, anytime. Thank you so much, and uh, it's my pleasure to do so. The answer to our problem is not a physical answer, it's a spiritual answer, and we need to get rightly connected with God to win this battle. Amen. Amen. Um, folks, I've shared a link to Pastor Broden's uh, uh website where you can purchase his book it is called uh the ponds the ponds of change and um it's a very good book i highly recommend it and um i thank you again amazing and uh thank you to laz our mutual friend that introduced us and uh this has been an awesome show (laughs) thanks for having me all right pastor Okay, everyone, um, that has been the Porthole to Justice, the window to the truth. You can subscribe to my show. Stand by, stay with me, and we will talk after I conclude the show. You can subscribe to my show on Spreaker.com. You can also um, click on the links in uh, you know the network, Social Media News Network, Porthole to Justice, and other affiliated, affiliated groups, the anti-human trafficking uh, blog, which uh, I have partnered with the NWO Freedom Fighters. Check it out. And uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Porthole to Justice Off the Cuff. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.